Going Linux, episode 348, Listener Feedback. Welcome to the Going Linux podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you're new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you with valuable information and advice that will help you in Going Linux. We hope that you'll find this and all of our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done. If you want, you can send us feedback at our email address at goinglinux at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 1-904-468-7889. In today's episode, listener feedback. Hello, Bill. Hello, Larry. It's a happy, happy Sunday. Yeah, what's been happening in your world? I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Why are you an idiot? I am. The quick version of this is uh, trying to get uh, Mate installed, and you've already laughed at me about this, but you know, let everybody know that I pulled a Muppet move, and um, patent pending, by the way. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I was doing some research, and I accidentally clicked the wrong version of Mate, which was the one that mm -hmm. runs on the older 486 processors, and uh, okay. you know, it's the 32-bit version. And right. so I burned that thing, and I'm having all these problems with with my Alienware, and I'm going, why, why? And I'm in your, I, I sent you some messages we talked back and forth and he's like well i don't understand it you know i said i don't understand it either so in the process of setting some other software up i kept i i, I some made me look at why is this thing only installing 32-bit software and why can't i find stuff you know because i went to uh install discord and it says this is the night not to write architecture software and i'm like what do you mean and i'm like no, I didn't. So I looked, and sure enough, <laughs> I did the 32-bit version. And so that's why I was having a lot of the wonky issues. Okay. So <laughs> I, I felt like a total noob, a total, uh, total stupid Muppet move. And so I downloaded the correct one, burned it to a CD, plugged in my USB uh, uh, CD-ROM, and guess what? After it installed, almost everything worked perfectly. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. If you use the right software for the right hardware, it works. It's it's amazing cakes. I mean, you know, the only thing that doesn't work, and I don't use it anyway, is um, uh, the trackpad. It's a little, it's something about these alienwares. I had no one, we're still, I'm still working on just because I want to see yep. if I can get it working. But I use a USB mouse anyway, uh, so I don't care. Uh, actually, I prefer right. it not working anyway because I always hit the stupid buttons when I'm typing. So it's, it's better for me all the way around. But everything else is working wonderfully. Uh, haven't had any issues. Um, but yeah, so. I just want to point out, I, I sound like a raving lunatic last episode, you know, crying. <laughs> and uh, I found out that I did in, uh, get the other, the other architectures are right. So Arch still doesn't like me. Uh, but mm. 
because the keyboard still doesn't work. Because I, I was telling myself, did I download the 32 of Arch 2? You know, that would explain it. And no, it was 64. Yeah. And I no, did the, well. I checked the check, uh, the, you know, the check sum on it, and it was right. So I'm like, okay, well, Arch hates me, R- RPMs hate me, Mate loves me. So I've been running it for uh, about a week now without any issues. So you're an Ubuntu Mate user too. Yes. Is there any other? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. fanboy. Well, you know what? Yeah, there you go. Um, so you you started off by saying that you're an idiot, uh, and I guess you know. Um, in a previous episode, you must have said, "Well, call me an idiot" or something like that, because uh, I got an email Uh-oh. from a listener that said simply, "Okay, you're an idiot." <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so anyway, jeez. <laughs> uh, but as far as your trackpad uh, issues or touchpad issues are concerned, we have some suggestions from listeners in this episode. So when we yeah, get to them, yeah, we maybe, will. Maybe that'll will, help. I've, yeah, uh, I have to say you're okay with it not working. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty okay with it. It really doesn't bother me because I hate. I the first thing I do is disable it. So you know, there I'm you saving go. myself some work. I s- thank you. Uh, Linux for saving me a step. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Yeah. And so as far as me, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, we just spent about an hour talking about our trials and tribulations here. So, um, yeah, I, um, I think I'll just sum it up as I love Dell support. (laughs) No sarcasm implied there. Well, no, their on-site support is what I don't like. It's their, their... (laughs) Depot support that is just fantastic, okay. and their support from their people yeah. are, are great. Since yeah. since you won't, I will. Basically, the, he needed some repairs. They sent a uh, uh, a guy out who promptly didn't know what he was doing, and then broke the laptop. Now it has to go back and get fixed by the professionals. Done. See? Yes, exactly. Yep. And just to add insult to injury, the computer was running just fine. It was a cosmetic issue. I want to <laughs> fix under warranty. So now it's a brick. Uh, well, I don't know that it's a brick. It's it a doorstop. Doesn't start. So anyway, we'll we'll wait. Hey, see what Larry Dell can do. Pro tip: You have hmm. to ground your uh, static bracelet to metal instead of plastic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, just- it was metal. It was a metal clip on his plastic. Uh, toolbox. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It was metal. Yeah. All right, let's anyway. go, let's go okay. before we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, our first email is from Paul, and he writes, recording Discord. Hi, Larry and Bill. I really appreciate the Going Linux podcast. I have just one quick question for you. What application do you use to record your Discord sessions for the podcast? Thank you, and keep up the great work. Paul in North Texas. Well, Paul, we don't record the Discord. <laughs> we use that just to talk to one another, and we record. Yeah. Um, Bill records his end on his computer, and I record my end on my computer, and then I edit them together, and we're done. So we're actually not recording Discord. We probably should find a way to do that for for uh, backups. Uh, a backup, yeah. Well, you used to do that when we used Skype too. You used to have a, yeah, it, mm-hmm. and that had saved our bacon once or twice. But yep, what we use to record each of our uh, sides is Audacity, 
Uh, right. Audacity pretty much is our gold standard as far as uh, recording. It, it always works. Uh, you know, I don't believe we've ever had an issue. So uh, just just to kind of go back into it, Larry, record, we, we connect with Discord so we can talk back and forth. I record my side. Larry records his side in Audacity, and we kind of, we time sync them together. You know, we we give a countdown, we start to record, so he, they match up, and then Larry takes them and normal, normalizes them and puts the two tracks together. So it sounds like we're having a, a seamless com, conversation, and usually he's re, uh, re, removing uh, ambient noise from my side or dogs barking or something that comes up. So it. Believe me, the finished product sounds much better than the recorded rough roll. <laughs> so, just fair warning. All the bloopers are removed, and makes and can he actually makes me sound halfway intelligent. So, the names are removed to protect the innocent, yes, or the guilty, as the case may be. So that's what we use to record the podcast. So you know, you might want to try it that way. And if I find a, a good program that will let us record that uh, Discord, I will. Uh, keep this email and let you know or i'll post it on uh, in the forums okay so our next email comes from daniel and here and it's a very short one thank you larry he goes (laughs) bad news microsoft has github now or or soon will wow (laughs) i heard i heard that they had bought github and i heard a lot of people have moved out of it away from it and I can't really blame them because I'm not a huge Microsoft fan right at this moment or ever. So what's your feelings, Larry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, in the long run, we'll have to see what happens, what Microsoft does with GitHub. But with um, Sachin Nadella being the new uh, lead person for Microsoft, the head of Microsoft, I've seen them change their attitude towards a number of things, including open sourcing some of their software, uh, contributing more to open source, uh, putting Ubuntu as a subsystem within Windows. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they have some ulterior motive, like they want to be able to run uh, <laughs> uh, all their servers on something reliable like Linux, but still have it provided by Microsoft <laughs> or something like that. Um, so yeah. Uh, but the bottom line is I see them becoming a lot uh, friendlier, you know, um, as, as their website has said in the past, Microsoft loves Linux. Uh-huh. If what we mean, didn't Steve Ballmer, the, Former CEO say Linux was a cancer, or was it open source was a cancer? He no, no, no. He said that Linux was a cancer. Okay, and, uh, I just yeah, but that was the old guy. That was the old guy. Oh, Come on. okay, I understand. <laughs> okay, you know, I'm trying to keep up here. Yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. Yes. Anyhow, uh, Paul uh, wrote in saying Linux Mint 19 is coming. Hello, Larry and Bill. I would really like to hear your analysis on upcoming release of Linux Mint 19. Thanks for your support of the Linux community, Paul in North Texas again. So Paul, you're going to have to wait until I get my computer back before I can even attempt to do anything with Linux Mint 19. How about you, Bill? Is that on your list of things to try? Actually, now that I've got my machine set up correctly, uh, I just finished uh, installing a VM, and that was 
the one um, that I was going to look at because uh, you know it's not broke right now. I ain't touching the hardware again until I have to. So uh, I will test it out. But I used to support the project, uh, but because of differences in opinions, uh, I stopped. Um, even looking at Mint, but uh, I someone's has sent me an email asked me to look at it, so I, I will. So I could probably do a uh, a review on it for you. Uh, I don't know. I haven't even looked to see if it's out. Is it out yet? Let me go look. Uh, I th- if it's not out now, it's it's about to come out. It'll be based on a eighteen point oh four and Linux Mint. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm based actually only up there. on the LTS versions. Yeah website right now and see if it's out and let's see they have the beta release out so today is the 24th and if they're on the beta release um so i don't know when they're going to release it but i'll keep an eye on it and uh, when they do release it i will test and do a review on it yep and some of the things i like about mint just in general whether it's the 19 release or previous releases. Mm-hmm. I like the cinnamon desktop environment and I like some of the mint tools that they've put together yeah. uh, and some of the features that they have. Um, some of which have since been adopted by other distributions, but mm-hmm. some of which are still a little unique to Linux mint. Um, but they still haven't done anything that sways me from Ubuntu Mate. So oh, no. For now, I mean, I like that's what I'm on. I like the cinnamon a lot. They were doing uh, uh, good work. I'm sure they still are. But uh, like I said, I will test them out. But I was just telling you, I was raving about how much I liked uh, Mate. And I don't care if I sound like a fanboy or not. Uh, it works. I always liked uh, Mate desktop anyway. So anyway. Yep. It's it's good. It's cool. Yep. And so Minix, uh, Mint used to was one of our recommendations for new users for a long time yeah and it still is if you don't want uh, ubuntu mate i think linux mint is probably the next best yeah i guess uh, in terms but, of new users yeah but there's also the tweak tool in um mate that you can make it almost look like cinnamon so i'm just saying oh, you can yes yes yeah and and that's what i was referring to when i was saying that Linux Mint had some Mint tools in the Cinnamon desktop. And one of the things that I like about it is that it is very flexible. It allows you to configure some things that otherwise you wouldn't be able to and make the desktop appear the way you want it to appear. And Ubuntu Mate has actually implemented everything that I wanted to do mm-hmm. when I switched over to Mint uh, with the panel options and the flexibility in Ubuntu in uh, the Mate desktop to make changes. The Mate tweak is uh, one of those tools that allows you to do that. So I'm pretty happy with the flexibility that I've got. It's got that middle ground between configurability and flexibility and way too much, <laughs> you know, like, like KDE still has. And I've yeah. tried it. You had to say KDE. I cringe every time I hear those three letters. Yeah, it it's it's okay. It's good. It's not. It doesn't for me. like me. And it's yeah. It's certainly not for new users. Anyway, enough anyway. of that. We'll we'll go into more of that as we go into reviews. Yeah, but right? I will do a review of uh, Linux Mint 19 and let you guys know what I think. 
And Great. anyway, our next email is from Oscar, and he went, Linux on Windows. Has anyone tried removing the hard drive, wiping with Gparted, perhaps with Slackware, removing the battery perhaps to clear the BIOS? Oscar. Huh. Hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm, is he asking? Yeah, I'm not sure what he's asking. <laughs> so I don't uh, know. Okay, Oscar, I'll give you um, how I've wiped it without having to even remove the hard drive. So you don't need Slackware to use Gparted. You can. Uh, I know Linux Mint actually has Gparted in it. Uh, Ubuntu mm-hmm. Mate has it, and I believe PC Linux OS has it and I'm sure some of the others have it but those are the three I know yeah. so and I think uh, Parted Magic is also a live uh, USB that you can yeah. run that would have Gparted just from the live environment yeah I was trying to save him a step because uh, if he was going to pick any of those then he could say okay I want to install Ubuntu Mate well you just boot into the live session oh yeah and right. then you and use you, Gparted, you, set up your partitions, wipe it, get rid of Windows, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, it drop, once you close it, it drops you back to the desktop, and there's an icon that you say install the system. So you can do it in, instead of having to restart and you know, all that stuff. You don't have to right. do any of that work. The, the thing I will recommend, and I learned the hard way, is before you install – um, a Linux distro on a new machine or a machine that you've had a while just to make sure that your BIOS is up to date because they've either reduced, uh, introduced fixes or additional features that might make your life a little more, more uh, bearable. So if you're going to go uh, wipe Windows and, and install Linux, what I recommend before you do anything with uh, the Windows partition or anything is go to your manufacturer's website, uh, follow the instructions on how to update your BIOS to the current, the, the newest and greatest, and then use the, whatever distribution, boot into live, use the Gparted to set up your partitions, and then install Linux, and it'll make your life a lot easier. This coming from a person that used to jump distros three and four times a week because it used to be a common mm-hmm. joke. How many? Uh, what distro are you running today? Uh, type of thing. So, and <laughs> right. Larry right. can remember. I, I think my highest was like four. So I don't do that quite as much. I learned the very variable lesson of uh, of. Uh, VMware and uh, Oracle VirtualBox and stuff it makes my life a little easier. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay, well, thanks, Oscar. Hopefully, we've answered your question. Yeah, I hope that helps. Sorry, like, sorry, yeah. a little long-winded. Yeah, and I, I, I'm still not clear on what he was asking, but yeah, we've. I tried we've to cover everything. <laughs> hard drives. Yep, <laughs> yeah. we've wiped hard drives with uh, various uh, distributions. Some of us like more than others. Suggestion of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, moving on. Troy uh, wrote about episode 346. Gentlemen, bi- uh, regarding Bill asking for help, one distro I did not hear Bill say he tried is Linux Mint. Well, we just talked about that. I think it seems to offer some of the best default 
compatibility with different system hardware over many other distros. The other thing I would do is try different kernel versions than the one that comes with the version by default. Because his particular Alienware computer is so new, obviously mileage will vary. And I know you have tried different uh, kernel versions uh, in the past for various reasons. And yeah, well, we'll just leave it at that. You still have issues, but mainly just with the touchpad. <laughs> okay. There you go. All right. And continuing, he says, Aaron, uh, uh, this is about Aaron asking for installation help to flash drive. I still think Debian-based distros work best. I tend to lean toward Linux Mint or Ubuntu. Poppy Linux is also good. He can try Zorin Linux. It's also good. If he wants good step-by-step -step instructions and access tools for installing to a flash drive, he can go to pendrivelinux.com. If you have a large enough flash drive and if you want to run your OS from the flash drive regularly and be able to save data to it, there are instructions for reserving a partition of your drive for data as well. Troy, a.k.a. Jack Death, a.k.a. Chief Executive Random Minion. <laughs> and, of course, he runs home and business computer services out there in Wisconsin. HBCS.com will plug Troy's website just because. There you go. Um, oh, he says he's a Dell reseller as well. Should have brought <laughs> my computer through him. Anyway, there we go. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> thanks for all the good information, Troy. Um, yeah, he's one of the more active guys on the forum, so he's pretty knowledgeable. Yep. Okay, our next email comes from Greg, and it's about episode 344 feedback. And he writes, Hi, Larry and Bill. Listener Ken asked about the Linux in the Hamshack CD. I don't know if there has been any new release, but I recently discovered something similar. The Debian Ham Radio Pure Blend is a project of the Debian Ham Radio maintainers team who collaborate on maintenance of the amateur radio related packages for Debian. Every Pure Blend is a subset of Debian that is configured to support a particular target group out of the box. This blend aims to support the needs of radio amateurs. Ken can learn more about it and download it for free here and the link is in the show notes but I'll just read it out real quick it's basically https www.debian.org slash blend slash ham radio or you can just go to show notes and copy it <laughs> it'd probably be easier it comes on it comes as an ISO file which can can burn to a DVD it's also crammed full of goodness to fit ACD. Well, that's impressive. The live DVD will run on his computer without disturbing his hard drive or can be installed permanently at his discretion. Listener Frank and several others, including myself, have listened to all episodes of the Going Links podcast from episode one, but can anyone else claim to have also listened to all of Larry's previous podcast for Bits worth. I know. Shameless one-upmanship. <laughs> now that Ubuntu 18.04 is released, the latest long-term support versions can be installed fresh. 
but the upgrades to existing systems are not here yet. To check if an upgrade release is ready for the command line type do dash release dash upgrade dash c without the quotes. Regards, Greg W8FJK. Thanks, Greg. That's a lot of information and apparently I can say I've listened to every episode of Going Linux, but I have not listened to four bits worth uh, ever. I'm sorry, Larry. Well, that's okay. It's no longer in production. The website is gone. And the only way you could ever have listened to every single episode is if you worked at the same company I worked at because it started as a podcast internal to that co company. Mm -hmm. And Greg did. So, you know, so <laughs> he's, he's one of few who have <laughs> listened to every single episode of every podcast I've ever produced. So, so how, thanks, how many Greg. episodes did you have of that old podcast? I don't remember. It was certainly a lot less than we have of this one. Yeah. Wow. So you've just been podcasting. We should call you the father of podcasts. Yeah, there's somebody with that title already. <laughs> we'll we'll just let that go. Okay. Anyway, our next is from Serge. Uh, and Serge writes about episode 346, Alienware. Here's a suggestion for you, Bill. Hello, Bill. I found these three articles. Hope your solution is in one of these. So there's an alienwarearena.com link. Uh, there's a Hello World project at Blogspot link about installing Ubuntu 16 on uh, 16.10 on Alienware, and an altshiftkill.com <laughs> article on installing Alienware, uh, installing Ubuntu on Alienware 13. So hopefully one of those will help you, Bill, and we'll have links in the show notes to all of those things just in case. It's helpful to somebody else. Yeah, and Serge, thank you for sending those links. Larry had forwarded that uh, your email and uh, the next email, which I'm getting ready to read, Thomas's to me for me to look, and it gave me some av uh, avenues of investigation. They were very similar, um, but they were having uh, uh, they were having other issues. But it did help me figure out some of the uh, some of the quirks. So. Uh, thank you for taking the time to send those to us. Our next email comes from Thomas, and it's also regarding the Alienware pro uh, problems. He writes, I haven't read through the entire articles, but your problems may be answered in one of the following. Um, Thomas, thanks for sending that. Like I just mentioned, uh, it did give me areas of of avenue and particularly the wiki arch was uh was helpful about the touchpad but um they were all a little different apparently the aliens were changed so much from one to from one to another that uh from one model to another that it's just going you know there's going to be issues and i guess i'm not the only one that has it so yeah guys thanks serge and thomas for all your help yeah, thank you. Okay, Serge also uh, wrote in about episode 346 in Discord for Daniel. Hello, Larry. Daniel needs to type these commands for Debian slash Ubuntu. 
Uh, and he might he lists a bunch of commands, and he says he might have to install some development tools. He will see what is missing in the errors as he installs these. So let me just paraphrase some of the commands here. So there's a sudo apt install flatpak. So we know where he's going here. He's going to use the flatpak installation method. And then install from flatpak flathub. Um, um, yeah, and there's an SDK that gets installed. Uh, and then it says Flatpak install dash dash user and then installing Discord as a Flatpak. So basically what he's saying is install Discord as a Flatpak mm -hmm. and see if that will work. Uh, and that that's great. Um, the Ubuntu and Debian distributions don't um, come pre-installed with support for Flatpak. Uh, which is why you have to start by saying install Flatpak, which is great. Uh, just a thought, the Ubuntu Mate, if that happens to be what Daniel's using, Ubuntu Mate does come with support for snaps, which is another alternative installation oh, okay, method. Yeah. And so Discord is available as a snap, and on Ubuntu Mate, you don't have to anything. Uh, you don't have to do anything other than sudo snap install Discord, and it will install it from the Snap Store and uh, one command away, and you're ready to go with Discord. So, a um, couple of different options there for you. Well, I want to add another option just because I'm want to be difficult today. Um, mm -hmm. I like to get the latest from uh, Discord, and if you go to their website, they actually have Discord packaged for Debian, and you can just use your package manager installing and have uh, the latest without having to go through mm -hmm. a bunch of uh, upgrades. Um, but that's that's how I, I've been installing Discord, just because I like to have, for this one, I like to stay as current as possible, And um, but I don't know if I've used any... Uh, snaps or flat packs i usually get everything i need either from um uh the the repositories or in certain very limited from the developer's website but that's just me yeah yeah now um i completely understand and if you're using ubuntu mate um whether you know it or not there are some snaps already installed. They ah. installed a couple of them by default. From nice, uh, I did not know that. So yeah, yeah. So it's so seamless. I didn't even notice it. And that's awesome. Okay, our our next one comes from Joe. He writes, "I want to relive my childhood through BBS." <laughs> okay, he writes, "Hi, Larry and Bill. One of my greatest pleasures growing up was logging on to the local BBSs with my 2400 bald modem." I would like Ooh. to revive this by creating a BBS just to play with. Any idea on a good tutorial or book that can help with this, Joe? Oh, man. Uh, I remember – do you remember CompuServe? Oh, yes, absolutely. It was all text-driven, and there used to be some – where you'd call into the BBS, and, you know, and you'd leave messages and emails and, and – uh, ham radios also uh, have the, something uh, called packet radio, and they have some uh, stuff they can use very similar. Uh, they have kind of like BBS is set up. 
But yep, and I, they had all kinds of shareware and trialware mm-hmm, and yeah. all kinds of freeware. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was, Pro- but, problems that go along with that. Yeah. I remember when I upgraded to 9600 ball modem, woo, I was fast then. Um, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> but well, you know, I understand there are still some BBSs in operation out there, so are, that if they? you do get something, yeah, um, I haven't personally experienced them, but from what I hear on other podcasts and other sources, there are still some out there, uh-huh. and you should be able to find, uh, you know, Google search or DuckDuckGo search or whatever your search engine and search for um, uh, BBSs. And as I've heard it described, if you install a text-based browser, uh, you should be able to get into uh, the the BBSs. So I I think it's a matter of searching around. There is a way to do it. I don't know what it is. Okay. Well, I did a little research um, this morning when I was reading this email and if you mm-hmm. go to if you're using a Debian based uh, uh, um, distro, if you go to your package manager, uh, if and usually not the, the store, but just go and install. I use Synaptic, uh, but if you type BBS in the search box, it comes up with uh, a whole list of software, and I actually found a one called FQ term and it's uh a bbs client written in qt and yeah and apparently it's one of the most widely used bbs clients in china and it supports telnet ssh1 ssh2 protocols and can uh, process uh anti control sequences it can be used to log into bbs sites or even uh, uh unix hosts and there's some um there's some other ones, some other utilities, so maybe that would uh, help him out. Um, there's, I was just looking through all of them, and there were some that uh, uh, lets you do the anti-character uh, pictures and stuff like that. So, yeah, maybe just give that a search. I think you'll be surprised that you can still find software for that. Yeah, and you don't have to use your 2400 baud modem. Now, I heard that some of the older BBSs are now um, have connections to the Internet and they're using you know, voice, uh, uh, VoIP and all kinds of wild stuff. So, yeah, oh, let, wow. us know, let us know what your uh, experience is because I might want to just, uh, for old time's sake, log into one myself. Yeah. All right. Okay. Our uh, next email comes from someone whose email address, they didn't write their name, so I can't uh, attribute this to their name, but it looks like it might be P. Durao or something like that. Anyway, he says, I've got a stupid, difficult machine as well. In my case, I found some workarounds, but firmware, I believe, is the problem. Only 16.04 Ubuntu, whatever works but we should have databases for hardware and distros sent from my ipad so um <laughs> okay yeah so he's got a difficult machine and uh is saying that we should have a database for hardware uh so i'm thinking he means compatibility yeah which version of which distribution would be recommended for what particular hardware hmm i'm I've got to believe there's something like that out there. 
Well, can't can't you uh, usually uh, do a search to see if if you know what the remember we used to have to actually, especially it used to be about wireless cards. You had to try to find out what wireless card, and then you could Google search it and find out. Okay, yes, this card supported, or no, this is a win modem. You remember those wonderful things? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, these days, when I come across a piece of hardware that looks pretty interesting, and I want to know if it's going to work with uh, with with Linux, and it doesn't say on the box, and you know, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I just, you know, I'm usually standing by the product in the store. I pull out my phone and I search for the name mm-hmm. of the product, and then Linux compatibility. And that usually within the first couple of of links, it tells me whether it's a complete waste of time or whether there's some hope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, usually, you know, usually you don't have to pour through all kinds of forum threads to figure it out. But if you do, that's not a good sign. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will say hardware support in Linux has gotten... A whole lot better. Every year it gets better, but well, I still, yeah. I I didn't do it for this machine, and I learned my lesson. I, I've done it for every other machine, but I figured, of course, it's gonna work. <laughs> That's what I get for thinking. So yes. yeah, I understand. We've both had difficult pieces of uh, equipment that didn't want to work, namely modems and printers. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so our next email comes from Mario, who writes, this is for the feedback from listener 346. He says, hi, Larry and Bill. Bill, your wish is my command. You're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Thanks, Mario. Uh, You asked for it. Lol, sorry, but (laughs) you are far from an idiot. Uh, Good recovery, Mario. Okay. (laughs) No, seriously, that's great. My own experience with Linux has been as I like to test the latest Linux distro. I installed these distro in VM machines using VirtualBox. Not all of them works in VirtualBox. Yes, I I picked up that habit too. So, yeah, we kind of work together on that. Anyway, continues. Can it be just a matter of hardware compatibility? Alienware and, like you said, are so gaming-oriented, it may have some Windows-only hardware compatible, even if it's working in Ubuntu Studio. Ubuntu may have some drivers that works more or less with your hardware, but the other one may not. I like those Alienware and Dell does have proprietary hardware, and most of the drivers are made for Windows only. So now, is there a compatible driver for your unsupported hardware? Which piece of the hardware doesn't work? Those are all good questions. My comment doesn't really help you, I guess, but just confirming your idea and share your pain with those Windows hardware's issues. Last comment. I do share your wrath on Windows updates. Yes, yes. Quick story. Last April update, I had to cancel the update before it started because I am using Symantec antivirus and it's not compatible with the new windows update by canceling the update i couldn't get it to prompt me again after googling it i had to do a few registry settings change and force it to install 
Windows rule of thumb, never cancel any updates because you will lose it forever if you're not a tech savvy. Silly WOS. Keep up the good work, guys. Always doing good, useful podcasts. Yeah, so another good reason to stay on Windows, right? Oh, will you stop saying that (laughs) W word? Every time you say it, it's like someone just stabbed me in the leg. Okay, I'll stop stabbing <laughs> you in the leg. No, okay. Just, just kidding, but golly. Windows, hey, hey, as I like to say, enriching our lives every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, moving right along. Our last email is from Tom. He writes about Ubuntu Mate on Acer laptops and BIOS. Hi, guys. Background. You don't need to read this on the air. We'll read it anyway. Thanks for all your work. I've checked out a few Linux podcasts, and yours is definitely the most helpful and relevant for people who are trying to use desktop Linux on a day-to-day basis, not managing server farms. I've been dabbling in Linux for about 25 years now. At first, it was just for learning and to look at something different on my screen. Later, I would use it to make some older piece of hardware useful or evaluate the state of desktop Linux. A couple of years ago, I started a job where, for the first time in my 20-plus years in IT, I am not using Windows. After three weeks of struggling to get used to a MacBook, the UI started to click for me. That's when I realized that I didn't need to use Windows on my personal laptop anymore and switched to Ubuntu 16.04 on my personal laptop. For the first time, I was free from Windows, and things just worked, for the most part. Anyway, context. After test driving a few different distros on my personal laptop, I landed on Ubuntu 16.04 and life was pretty good. When 17.04 was released, I was anxious to try out the new GNOME desktop. Too anxious, in fact. Even though my laptop is an Acer, I got bit by the BIOS bug that affected quite a few people. To make things worse, since my laptop is not very powerful, it ran more slowly under GNOME than under Unity. Since I couldn't do a wipe and replace using a USB drive, I just installed Mate and things were better. Since I was struggling using Ubuntu, I at least wanted to get to an LTS version. I upgraded to 17.10, planning on staying put until I got a new laptop. The upgrade seemed to be successful, but each time... I installed a Linux distro. I find something just doesn't work quite right and sometimes requires some research. Same hardware, same distro, same version. An old problem will magically resolve while a new one appears. Problem. This time, I can't suspend my laptop. When I select suspend from the options, the screen will go dark and my machine will be unresponsive. However, the power light remains on and the fan will eventually start to run. I've done some research, but I don't see anyone reporting the same issue. Any ideas on how to get my system to suspend or failing that, how I can fix my BIOS? Thank you for your time and keep up the good work, Tom. Any ideas, Bill? It's a long shot, but I'll I'll throw it out there. Uh, disable the power management and make sure in your settings. I'm actually going to look at it while we're, I'm talking. Make sure I don't give you any wrong. One second, let me just pull it up. Go to Control Center. Uh, then look for one that says Power Management. 
and see uh, what you got to settings. There's settings that one says uh, put the computer to sleep when inactive, uh, and you can tell it, mark that as never, and put uh, display to sleep when active and mark never. And then there's another tab, general, and these are the actions that might not be set right. There's two of them. One is when the power button is pressed, and I have mine as mark ask me what I wanted to do, and when the uh, the suspend button is pressed, which is usually the power button again, um, or it could be a, a function key. Uh, you can tell it to uh, suspend or do nothing. So see if those are set right, and try those settings. And also um, there is make sure that you have your let me go right here that your monitor is set correctly uh, to Go ahead and detect the monitor. Sometimes I don't know why, but it works. And uh, make sure you have you know the latest drivers and so by you can go in the same. It's all in the same control center if you're using Mate. Uh, check, make sure you have the latest driver. And I think that might be the only recommendations. Also, you, you've got your screensaver. Make sure you don't have your screensaver uh, enabled. But other than that, I can't think of anything. How about you? Yeah, I think those are all very good recommendations. Make sure that the power settings are um, appropriate because that's really where some of this functionality comes into play is yeah. through all those power settings. Um, I don't usually see a lot of problems with suspend. What I usually see is a problem with Hibernate, especially on Ubuntu-based distributions because... The Ubuntu folks really don't believe in hibernate. Uh, on the fast machines these days, the amount of time that it takes to come out of hibernation, which is, I'll, I'll explain the difference in a minute, is, is actually slower than it is to start from scratch. So they actually recommend powering down your computer if you want to stop draining the, the, the battery entirely. So the difference is suspend um, puts the computer into a low power mode so that it uh, when you close the lid of a laptop or you put a, a desktop into suspend it's not actually running programs that will um, that you normally run it is using a little bit of power though to keep things alive so that when you take it out of suspend uh, it pulls the information about what was running out of ram uh, and it drains the power a little bit in order to keep the RAM powered so that it remembers where you left off. The difference with Hibernate is that uh, in the old days of very slow computers, it would take everything that would normally be stored in RAM that indicates what was running and so on and store it on your hard drive as a file or series of files so that when you start it up from, uh, you know, reinstall or reinstated it from hibernation, it would boot back up and read everything from the hard drive and start up your computer with everything running that you had running before you put it into hibernate. The difference there is it was actually off uh, in hibernation. But um, Ubuntu has stopped officially supporting it. Well, I, I don't know that that's accurate. They don't publicize it and the hibernation setting is taken off of 
the power management settings in Ubuntu distributions, most modern Ubuntu distributions. So you really only have a choice of power off or suspend. Mm -hmm. And suspend works fine. Uh, in most cases, it sounds like Tom has a problem with that. And hopefully messing around with those power settings uh, will help fix that. Um, I have put a link into the show notes about um, hibernation on Ubuntu. And it's from Fosbytes, and it talks about how to hibernate Ubuntu, how to enable and disable hibernation, and how to enable it permanently if you decide that you want to use that. Um, that might be an alternative for you, but bear in mind, if your computer is a newer computer, it might actually take longer to reboot from hibernation and read all the settings from the hard drive than it does to, you know, power it off and power it up from mm -hmm. scratch and not worry about rereading things from hibernation. That kind of makes sense. All right. So yeah. that's it for our episode this time. I think we have another episode scheduled this time that we can actually talk a little bit about. Can't we, Bill? We can. Your, your journey to Linux. Yes. Um, the good, journey the bad, and the Linux ugly. Journey to Linux and Windows 10 <laughs> and the journey back. <laughs> okay. So that'll be our next episode. Yes, it will. All going well. Um, so you can look forward to that. Until then, you can go to our website at goinglinks.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe. We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. If you like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining discussion in our Going Linux podcast Google Plus community. Until next time, thanks for listening. 73. Music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.